Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and and, um, AM 760 in Hawaii. Joined by G.A. Wiley and uh, Brandon Deutsch. G.A., it's been a minute. How are you doing, my friend? It is, yeah. I was in Vegas for the week that we were filming, so I or recording. Sorry, so that is the main reason why I was not on. It was my boyfriend's birthday, ah. so we uh, did sober Vegas. I know what? nobody knows what that is, but yeah, never heard so, of that. Never. I know, right? I actually went to Oscars for dinner, had an amazing dinner, and had nothing to drink except for water, <laughs> no wine, oh. no cocktail. Yeah, so. Uh, I am still on this 90 hard, uh, still going strong. So I don't know. I don't know how how you've done it, Jay, because I think you began it right after your trip to Vegas. And uh, kudos to you, my friend. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, it was uh, March when it started. So yeah, it's almost right. over. Brandon, how are we doing? Good. Uh, you know, I saw that crazy report that came out this morning about Kyrie calling LeBron to come to the Mavericks. And it's yeah. like. What, come on, he's not going to the Mavericks. Like this is like the, the possibly the dumbest report I've ever seen in my life. Like he's not even going to consider that. Well, so, listen, the beautiful thing is, and the, you know that that was a gift uh, that Shams gave us uh, for the show today. You know, listen, we will be talking about the Vegas Golden Knights, and we will be talking about the finals, but we do have to get into the big Shams bomb. I mean, you know, listen, Shams. Um, Here's the thing that you have to understand about these reports. They don't come out of nowhere. He doesn't just make this stuff up. A lot of agents, a lot of people will use this as leverage. So the question now is who put this out there? Who's leveraging who? But I'll read the tweet and then we'll um, hop into this. Uh, Shams this morning, quote, sources, Kyrie Irving has reached out to Lakers star LeBron James in attempts to see if James would come to Dallas. Kyrie is a free agent this offseason. And now listen, if you were like me and you were reading that tweet, like from one word to the next, I was expecting this to be Kyrie's reaching out, reaching out to LeBron to say, hey, listen, man, I'd come to join. I'd love to join you in Los Angeles. Again, he was courtside at the Sparks game at Crypto.com Arena this uh, weekend. He's living in Los Angeles. He was courtside at uh, several playoff games for the Lakers. You mentioned it, Brandon. There's no way that LeBron is leaving the Lakers and the team that they kind of have put together. Again, you know, they're not a championship team right now, but they just came, they, they, they uh, just advanced to the Western Conference Finals. Again, he's made home 
in Los Angeles. He's planted roots there. He's got his production company there. Bronny is going to be playing this uncoming season at USC. And you want him to join a team that didn't even make the play in tournament. You want him to go to, to, to Dallas. And not only that, the again, the perception is, and this would be a fact, that LeBron would be chasing some kind of a ring or chasing some kind of success by going to the Mavericks, and it's I, I don't see it. So, Brandon, let's start here, though. I, I, again, how does this report get out there? Is this a Kyrie play? Is this a LeBron play? Again, it makes no sense. I don't see, I, I don't foresee a many scenario where LeBron would leave Los Angeles, leave the Lakers to go to the Mavericks. Yeah, uh, I think it's a Kyrie play. I, I don't think LeBron would put that out there unless he wants to pressure the Lakers to, I mean, it's possible to pressure the Lakers to bring him in to Los Angeles. It could be a LeBron play the more I think about it. Because um, we know, although his, his um, he, he really wants Kyrie Irving, right, to be a Laker. He said that at the deadline, right? He said that last summer. He's saying it now. The problem with that is, it's like, if I'm the Lakers, it's like, you got to prioritize Reeves and Rui. And if Kyrie's willing to take a discount after that, cool, come on over. But he's not going to be, right? So, in my opinion. So, I don't think it's feasible. I think LeBron needs to put that out of his mind that he's going to be playing with Kyrie Irving. And whoever put this out there, we all know they want to play with each other. But they want to play with each other on their own terms. It's, it's just not going to happen on their terms. They would have to make, uh, they would have to compromise one of the two or both of them to make that happen. And I just don't see it happening. GA, we've uh, talked about Kyrie um, over the years. I mean, this is like a fascinating play. Like, what, like Kyrie's now the one who's going to recruit LeBron. By the way, LeBron is under contract for two more years or, or at least one year. And then uh, I don't know, Brandon, if that's a team option or a player option, but I think he's got two years left on his deal, that Kyrie would, would, would try to recruit him to the Mavericks. I, I mean, I think this is kind of laughable. I, de I definitely yeah. think maybe it is it is a play on Kyrie's part. I, I, I don't see LeBron leaving. Um, and I only say that, A, because like they're taking care of him here. Like, yeah. They really, truly are. I mean, I just looked at that contract, like, what, 46... Uh, a 48 average salary. He'll be getting yeah. 46 um, point nine next year, 50.65 next the year after that with a player option and then unrestricted free agent after that. So in 2025, so I, I don't know, they're taking really good care of him, but you know what? Then again, nothing has shocked me with LeBron. Um, we all thought that he was going to stay in Cleveland. Then he moved to Miami. So for, for a ring, so nothing will shock me with LeBron. Um, if this is a play on his part though, I just, can't that i can't see i yeah. can't see him being like hey like let's let's get to talk so yeah i mean good on you kyrie getting the word out there <laughs> no listen and, 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 uh, i like shams a lot but uh shams and the kyrie connection i mean uh, you know shams was the one who reported you know kyrie why he wasn't playing and he's being a voice for the voiceless which got a lot of grief during that time so again you know there's a big shams and kyrie connection so i i would not obviously be shocked if this is kyrie kyrie or his camp uh putting this out there i i just don't buy it i don't believe it and even if kyrie is doing that i don't think lebron's saying yeah man like i'll i'll follow you i'll join you and go to a team that didn't even make the play-in tournament again say what you want about the lakers they made it to the western conference finals and this is where we transition and pivot because 
we're really seeing, and again, there's no shame in saying that Darvin Ham isn't in the same class as Eric Spolstra. Spolstra's top five coach in the league, arguably the best coach in the league right now. You see what happened in game one, where, again, there's this feeling that, you know, maybe the series is over and and and. and Denver is too big, and can this be a competitive series? And you saw the adjustments that Miami made in Game 2. Um, this series has shifted. Now, we'll see, you know, if if this is sustainable, but this idea that, and again, he pushed back on it, but uh, listen, I think Spo knows what he's doing. The Nuggets are now 0-3 in this postseason when Nikola Jokic goes for over 40 points, effectively what you're saying is Steve Kerr talked about this. The head of the snake that has been the Denver Nuggets this postseason is Jamal Murray. And if you can cut that head, if you can cut the head of the snake off and basically say, Jokic, you could have a field day. Do what you want to do. You're not getting the other guys involved, and you're certainly not getting Jamal Murray involved. That was key. Now that series is tied 1-1, going to Miami for game three. Brandon, you are still sticking with your pick as am I. I'm picking the Nuggets. However, Nuggets in seven means this is going to be a very good competitive series going down to the wire. Your thoughts on game two? Yeah, I I expected the Heat to steal one Denver. I just feel like the Lakers couldn't because they just simply don't have the moxie that the Heat did. Uh, When things got tough in Denver, when Denver was making a run, the Lakers didn't adjust. They didn't have that grit and grind and they didn't show that intensity on the defensive end. They kind of just let Jamal Murray do his thing and they didn't make adjustments. And that's why they got swept. And I knew the heat wouldn't let that happen. Um, I do expect this still to be a six or seven game series. Now I said Denver in seven, but I also said on the baller sports dialogue pod last week that I wouldn't be surprised if the heat win in six or seven. I know this series is going six or seven games. I said that before this, before the series, I just think people were disrespecting what the heat had accomplished so far, which is beating teams that we thought were better than Denver for most of the season, uh, Milwaukee, Boston, right? Like two teams that a lot of people would have going into the playoffs that, okay, those teams have a better chance at winning a championship than the Denver Nuggets. Obviously we've seen the Nuggets first home loss since March. They're still excellent and they're not going to be going away. But yes, when you force Jokic to be the primary scorer, he's not getting all those three-point shooters involved as much. There's less three-point shooting. Michael Porter Jr. was terrible. He hit one three yesterday. Um, And that translates to winning because what do the Heat like to do? They like to play defense. They like to get out and shoot threes, right? Gabe Vincent was great. Max Struess was good. Duncan Robinson down the stretch showing, you know, why he got that contract he did following the NBA Finals in 2020. He's back, right? I mean, the Heat are going to get up and try and shoot like the Warriors. Can they? I don't know. But they can can play defense. So if they can make even 40% of their threes, they're going to be very tough to beat, especially if they can limit the three-point shooting of the other team. And that's what we saw. So I'm sure Mike Malone will make adjustments. They're going to, you know, Michael Porter Jr., I'm sure, will be better in Game 3 in Miami. But this is going to be going, it's going to be 2-2 going back to Denver in Game 5. GA, I forgot to get your pre-series prediction. I don't know if you played, <laughs> if you put, if you put anything down on it. Uh, you're okay. So, what, what, what was your pre-series prediction, and did Game Two change your thoughts? Um, no. I mean, I still, I still love the Heat. I still think that they're really gritty. I think, unfortunately, though, if Giannis was not hurt, I think we'd be singing a different tune right now. But 
it is what it is right now. We are where we are. Um, I am going to say... Wait, you're, stick- you would have taken... Mil- I mean, I don't... Wait, so you're saying if Giannis was healthier? I mean, now we're going back to the first round, but um, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll let you finish, but like Milwaukee really outside of 2021, which is the season I put the star next to because everyone got hurt, but I don't know. I, I just... Mil- 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 Milwaukee in the postseason... Has not shown yeah, but you taking again. out a huge when you take out a huge star like that. But he was playing. I mean, I mean, like, he was playing hurt. Is he that was what playing hurt though? You're playing. You're you're like that. That's another asterisk, isn't it? Well, no. So the the asterisk for 2021 is that basically, like everyone who made it to the conference finals got either bounced in round one or just didn't. I just when you were in the bubble in Florida for like a hundred days, like there was just not enough time to. Recover. So a lot of teams right. make runs that just haven't before or since then with the Suns and the Bucks. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So sorry. So, uh, okay. So your your thoughts th- thoughts on this? I guess mo- moving forward. I mean, my my prediction. Um, unfortunately, I love Heat. I I you guys knew this prior to um, when they were playing Boston. I love the Heat. I think that they're great. I'm a huge Jimmy Buckets fan as of as of this season. I like I will ride or die for that kid. Wherever you go, Jimmy, I will follow. But unfortunately it takes a team and this team is gritty. Like Brandon said, this team is just phenomenal at what like the fact that they've even gotten this far, right? Um with kids that aren't even stars, right? Like I mean they have but two stars really on there on that squad in Miami um, with, with Bam and with, uh, with Jimmy, but I'm still going to stick with my um, Denver in five. I mean, it's just, I'm I'm stoked that they got, you know, that one game that that's, that's killer for them. That's amazing for them. But that being said, I mean, Denver's just too good. Like if you can do the same thing consistently that you did in game two, there might be hope, but I mean, how hard is that? You know, yeah. that, that was so difficult for you to do. Um, granted, these guys were getting eight points that game. That's a, that's extremely high to me. I, I don't know if that seems high to anybody else, but for me, that seems extremely high. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, right in, no go know. ahead. I, I was just going to say they're favored by two uh, in, in Miami, the, the Nuggets are. Yeah. I mean, I, I think with the series going back to Miami, I think there'll, there'll probably be a, a split there. I, I agree with Brandon. This will probably be a six or seven game series, um, which, you know, listen, I was a little bit concerned about following that game one just because of the way Denver has played this postseason. And again, the way that they swept the Lakers, the way that they play, they've played, I was a little concerned that, well, is, is this going to be a quick series? But um no, listen, I think it'll be a good series. So, Giga, you thought uh, the Heat got the one win. You you think this will be over in five? Yeah, I mean, at the most, it'll go to six. But like, I still say Den- Denver in five. I'm, I'm sticking with it. Um, unless they show, unless Miami shows me something that, like, that, unless Bolshev shows me something that we've never seen before. If they can consistently do what they did in game two, I'll totally take it back. But th- this is one game. But yeah, I don't know if I trust just this one game. I'm not saying Spolstra can't do it. I'm not saying the Heat can't do it because, like Brandon said again, they are very gritty. I 100% agree with that. Um, I just don't see them doing this on a consistent basis. And on top of it, what's up with Duncan Robinson not playing as many minutes? 
Yeah, earlier, Gia has a point because earlier in the game it was all Max Drews. Granted, he had, yeah. he had four threes. I think Caleb Martin's, as good as he is defensively, his minutes might be, uh, you know, uh, it could go down a little bit for Duncan Robinson if they need instant offense. I think a lot of times Robinson is not a good defender, right? So that's why he's on the bench when, it, you know, there's the defensive schemes to be put out there. And then late in the game, when they were down a few points going into the fourth quarter, they needed an offensive guy. That's when they put him in. So I do think he'll get a little more minutes, Jihei, but I think it's you can't just have him out there for like you know, 30 minutes because he can't play defense, right? So then it's No, like, yeah, no, no, no. I know that he's a defensive liability, but I would think that they would put him out there a lot more than what they did. That That's oh, all. I, I agree. I, I agree. About. I mean, he was non-existent. He didn't even play in the first yeah. half, really. So no. that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. So, I mean, you put you put his off because his offensive swing, it swayed the whole entire game. I mean, you don't put Duncan in, you, you don't win in that fourth quarter. I mean, that's just, uh, again, that's just one person's humble opinion, but like that that's what I saw in the fourth. Um, granted, also putting in Kevin Love that whole entire game, game changer. I love that, that adjustment that Spolstra did. Uh, putting in a veteran like Kevin Love out there who has definitely changed our mentality. And I think everybody said that. I think Kyle Lowry even said that in the post-game interviews um, that Love has changed their um, their locker room mentality. So good on them. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for, for at least it to be a series, right? Because yeah. um, I'm sure we're going to talk about, I mean, I can see Vegas sweeping. It's not going to happen. It, it rarely ever happens in the Stanley Cup. But like, I could see Vegas sweeping just as how great they're playing right now. Um, and I'm, I was just really hoping that it wasn't going to be that way in the NBA as well. So let's uh, talk about that before we go to break. I am in Las Vegas for the Stanley Cup final. The uh, Vegas Golden Knights won Game One, five to two. Uh, you know, listen, that that was a fantastic game up until late in the third, and Vegas pulled away there. That being said, you know, it really all comes down to game two in terms of, you know, where this series is going. Will it be a close series, a long series, or could this be a quick series? I think it'll be a good long series. Uh, The key for Vegas, again, they've been in this position before. Back in 2018, they won game one against Washington. They had this Cinderella season, and everyone thought it would continue. They lose game two. And then the Washington Capitals did the uh, gentleman sweep, the backdoor sweep, and won four straight. I don't think that's going to happen either. But, gee, hey, it really comes down to kind of tonight. Uh, you know, statistically speaking, teams that take a 2-0 lead have won over 90% of the time. Um, this, this, this team, the way that they play, uh, they're an aggressive team. They're a very quick team. Um, and, and, and we really saw in the Star Series – these games can get to that hand pretty quickly against the Stars. They put them away 6-0 to zero in Game 6 to clinch the West. Uh, again, yeah, what, what you thought about Game 1, and can Vegas take that commanding 2-0 series lead? I mean, it's going... Here's the thing, too. When you play in Vegas, did you see the environment that those people were playing in, that, the, that Florida was playing in? I mean... Yeah. It's got to be daunting. There also is no such thing as home ice, right? I mean, Vegas obviously clearly kind of overshadows that theory. But um, for the most part, there is no such thing as home ice. So I can definitely still see if they play at this pace and they still, um, Vegas, that is, if they play at this pace and they play, you know, with the, the gumption that they're playing right now, I, I don't see, I could see a sweep. It could happen. I don't, 
I, I don't think it could happen in hockey as much, but, um, and I'm hoping not for a sweep because I would love to see something, you know, some, a little under, a little bit more entertaining. Um, but it's, it's very, very possible that they could, they could go two more games and be, be done and bring it back home. I would love for them to to be honest with you gentlemenly sweep these um these panthers um but we'll but again we'll we'll see but yeah the environment that vegas gives is like bar none the best i've ever seen in hockey i even madison square garden doesn't compare to this it's it's insane the entertainment factor that vegas gives so well it's so interesting because you really have to get to your seat you know 20 minutes ahead of time because they have a great yeah pre-game show again you know this big Las Vegas, they put on a heck of a show. But, yeah, listen, I, I, I think it could be over in five. I, I definitely like Vegas tonight to take that 2-0 series league. You go to Florida, Florida gets the uh, split, and then maybe Vegas closes it out in five. That being said, they've been a very good team on the rub. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we uh, come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Grant Mona talking about LeBron James could be on. Could he be on the move? We'll uh, talk about that and more when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the whole Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Let's head out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now. Join our good friend Grant Mona. Grant, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, two championship series that are shaping up to be pretty good ones. Uh, yeah. The Knights thankfully took game one after a little bit of a scare after the second period. But uh, and the Heat are uh, the Heat are doing something that the Panthers couldn't do, and they're going to steal one in game game two. So it's pretty pretty interesting. Both both Florida teams are looking to do upsets here. Yeah. So we'll uh, listen. I'm I'm not counting Florida. I mean, again, it was just one game, so I, I do think it'll be a good series. I do think, um, not sure if they win game two, but I, I think that this series is going to go six. But um, let's start here, because uh, we got a gift from Shams before we start out of the show. Uh, Shams reports that Kyrie has reached out to LeBron to try to recruit LeBron to Dallas. Again, this would have to be a trade. LeBron is under contract. LeBron hinted at retirement. I think we all thought that was a power play, some kind of a move to do something this offseason. I, I I don't think that move is to go to the Mavericks to basically 
follow Kyrie there. I mean, the, the way that this was framed was just so weird. Like the entire tweet that Kyrie, who's a free agent, is going to recruit LeBron, who's under contract with the Lakers, to come to the Lakers. They're just a great. When you saw it, what did you think? Uh, I thought it was a bunch of BS. Just because <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think LeBron's leaving LA to go to Dallas, especially Dallas. Like, if you look at what LeBron's left to go to, um, he left Miami to go to a Cleveland team that was loaded with young talent. Um, he left a Cleveland team to a Miami team that was just stacked, and yeah. then he went to a Lakers team that had a ton of young talent and cap space. The Mavericks don't have cap space and they don't have young talent. So I don't know what he'd be going there for. Um, considering the Mavericks just missed the play in, um, they didn't, they did what the Lakers did, you know, a few years ago. And LeBron was very adamant about not doing that again. And if he goes to Dallas, yes, you have Kyrie. Yes, you have Luca. Yes, you have LeBron. That would be a super team. But like we, like we saw with the Suns this year, super teams with no depth don't work anymore. You need depth to win. And the Lakers, if he stays at the Lakers, and they signed Rui and Reeves back. You have plenty of depth and young talent with Anthony Davis, who's proven to be a great playoff performer. Um, I think it's just, it's just such a better scenario in Los Angeles than in Dallas for LeBron, so I don't really understand that. I think this is just either smoke from LeBron or smoke from Kyrie to kind of you know, shift things in their favor in terms of, you know, what they want for their careers. I, I know both still want championships. Um, they don't want to go through a rebuild. They don't want to go through, you know, a, a maybe team. They want a sure team. And I just don't see a path for the Mavericks to win a title with those three and no depth around them because they wouldn't be able to afford anybody and they don't have any draft picks. So I just don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that's what, what, what we thought. I think the, the bigger story is here, you know, who leaked the story? Who gave Shams the story? I mean, again, we know that there's a Kyrie connection with Shams. Um, obviously, they, I mean, they, this the way that it was framed, it's a very Kyrie positive. You know, like Kyrie's doing the recruiting. Like LeBron, come join me. Come follow me. Again, I think we're all on the same boat. This is not going to happen. But it'll be interesting to see how the offseason plays out, what LeBron wants to do. I mean, he's clearly not happy. You know, I mean, he, the last time we heard from him, he basically hinted that he uh, was considering retirement, was thinking about his future. Uh, we have not heard from him since. And really, these reports coming out are, you know, kind of confirming that I think he's looking um, for change, but n n not necessarily leaving Los Angeles. But, you know, he he's not content with just making the conference finals. You touched on it, uh, Grant, the NBA finals now tied 1-1. The adjustments were made by the Heat. The series now shifts to South Florida. Um, you know, the, the big question there is, can the Heat sustain it? Again, they found a way to steal game two. They've tied up the series. Again, no small feat, by the way. Denver had not lost since March at home. They had not lost this postseason. The Heat, as a team, have not had not won in Denver in seven years. So for them to go in there and win that game, come from behind like they did big, Grant, your confidence in them being able to sustain that and either shoot, win two in Miami, or at least win one. Look, every time I doubt the Miami Heat, they seem to put me back in my place, and they did it again. I thought... When Denver was up by 12, 13 points um, and Jokic kind of took over at the end of that third quarter, 
I thought, well, it's going to be 2-0 going back to Miami, and here comes Miami with role players again. It wasn't even Jimmy Butler again. It was the role players. Yet yeah, Gabe Vincent had another 20-plus point per game point game again. Um, and you're probably going to get Tyler Hero back at one in one of these uh, in one of these home games for Miami. Um, but do you bring him back? That's the other question: is do you bring Tyler Hero back? In my opinion, I think you should just wait until you know maybe an elimination game. I, I don't even think you can bring him back in an elimination game. So it's a really tough situation there that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. Is do you bring him back or do you not? Um, so look, there, there's a lot of questions about if Miami can get it done without Jimmy Butler. And, you know, Bam Adebayo stepped up huge. He's been huge in these first two games. Even in game one, he played very well. That bodes well for them going back to Miami. They always play well in Miami, um, That the heat that is. But, you know, Denver's been proven to play well on the road. I mean, they went into L.A. and won two games where we thought that, you know, the Lakers could possibly tie the series. And that's something that a lot of people aren't taking into account is that the, the, the Nuggets, yes, they were okay on the road in the regular season, but in the playoffs, they've been pretty good. Um, they went into game six in, in Phoenix and, you know, blew out the Phoenix Suns on their home floor. So I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's awesome that it's a tied series now. This is great basketball. Nikola Jokic had 41 points and it didn't even matter, which is crazy to me. Uh, Duncan Robinson had some moments. So for the Miami Heat, you should be feeling extremely well. You took the first uh, playoff home game from the Nuggets all playoffs. And that's something that they can take into this these next two games and say, okay, we did it on the road and we know we can do it at home. I mean, this is going to be scary for Denver. This is not just a Denver in five, a Denver in six complete certainty. Yeah. You know, Brandon mentioned this on our podcast is that it could very well be heat in six or seven. Like, let's put that out there. And uh, Grant, you know, Arash brought this up in the first segment. Anytime Jokic scores 40 points, they're 0-3 this postseason. Um, I, and I, I mentioned that what that allows to do is there's less shooting, three-point shooting for Denver because Jokic is going to bang inside if you take away the shooting. And if Miami's going to run and gun and hit shots like Gabe Vincent, Max Cruz, Duncan Robinson, they're going to be very tough to beat with their defense. And Jimmy Butler, say what you want about his offense. Armand was right. He was deflecting balls, you know, a ball hawk on defense, calling everything out, going over screens. Do you expect a Miami, like, 10-point win in Game 3, or you think it's going to be very close? I think it'll be close just because of the fact that I said before, it's like we, we thought that the Lakers would kind of steamroll them in Game 3, but here they are. They beat them in Game 3 and beat them in Game 4, so um, I don't expect it to be a blowout in, in any capacity. I think that you know Miami's going to definitely come out with a lot more intensity than they did in Game 1. Um, just because you're on your home floor and Jimmy Butler's getting healthier as the series goes on. So that's not, you know, really a, a, a question mark anymore. He's just going to keep getting healthier. He doesn't look the same, but I know that he's just going to keep getting better. And he was great in the clutch too. Let's not forget that he was good in the fourth quarter down the stretch. So for Miami, I do think that they'll probably win game three. I had, can't believe I said this, but I think that they'll win game three, game four, I think Denver wins. And then we'll go back tied to game five in Denver. Yeah. Wow, so you're you're you have Denver in six then? I do, yes. Wow. Okay. Um, I mean, I had Denver in five, and I can definitely see them going into six, winning in six. You know, I mean, this Miami Heat team, nobody should put anything past them. Um, they've you know, kind of just kept chopping down walls as they've come, as they've come out through the playoffs um, and even just to get into playoffs. My question is, um, it's kind of two full, two separate questions, but um, you mentioned that 
Joker having 40 points um, is the key, but or 40 or 41 points. I don't know if you or Brandon mentioned this, but I think that it's his assist total. If you can take away that assist total and make it not a double-double, um, Greeny said this actually last night, which I totally agree. He had four assists last night. I mean, that's shocking that he only had four. If you can limit him to include everybody else in that offense, because obviously they're very powerful offensively. They want to shoot the three. They want to be able to um, kick uh, cutters down, down, down the lane. If you can cut his assist total to five or less, you win the game. Right there, right? If you can defensively stop him from making assists elsewhere, I was just wondering your thoughts on that. Yeah, and I think you make a great point is that, you know, what I always said is that you're not going to stop Jokic, right? But what you can stop is the guys around him. Like, you can at least hinder that part of it. And I think that's what Miami's doing. They went to that zone. Miami's zone defense is excellent, and it was excellent last night. And what they essentially did was... You know, they took Michael Porter Jr. out of the game. You know, Jamal Murray had an okay game. He didn't have a great game. Uh, KCP did not have a good game. So, you you know, all the role players essentially were, you know, no point. They, they didn't have any effect on the game. And Jokic, yes, he's going to have an effect on the game either with scoring or passing. But if you take that, the assist, like you said, if you take that out of his game and you kind of neutralize the role players... You know that Miami's role players are going to step up. They have to, and they have been all playoffs. But if you take away Denver's role players, that makes it a lot more concerning and a lot more difficult for Denver because they rely heavily on those guys with Jokic at the point of the offense. Yeah, uh, speaking yeah. of role players, you, um, I, wanted, I wanted to mention Duncan Robinson really quick um, just because he has not been in. I mean, last game he wasn't in, abused barely in like what, like 10, 15 minutes or whatever, right? Yeah. And I get it. I get that he's a defensive liability. I think a lot of people have said this, including the coaching staff. And that's probably the reason why he wasn't in for majority of the game, even for game one, right? Um, mm. But other than that, you have to put him in, right? You have to. You can't not put this kid in. Yeah, and, and what what shocks me more about Duncan Robinson is not just you know not his three point shooting because we always knew that he was a good three point shooter, it's about his playmaking. I mean, he's putting the ball on the floor and making you know playmaking off the dribble, getting to the rim, um, overpowering guys. Look, he's six seven, six eight, or maybe even taller than that. With you know, he's not a skinny guy. He's a pretty built guy, you know, so he can get to the rim and overpower guys like Jeff Green, like you saw last night. And not just that, but his three-point shooting was clutch. I mean, he scored, what, eight straight points in that third quarter to keep them in the game. Um, and I, I've seen that all playoffs from Duncan Robinson. That's why I was kind of questioning why they didn't play him more in game one. I think, you know, Eric Spolster is the kind of guy, you know, just like Ty Lue where he tinkers and finds matchups. You know, they played Haywood Highsmith for a lot of minutes in game one, but he didn't play barely at all in game two, if at all. So I think for, for Miami, these first two games were kind of just, okay, what works and what doesn't against Denver? Because against Denver, you kind of got to just throw everything against the board and see what works. And, Yo, Duncan Robinson, if you put him in there in spurts, you may not even need Tyler Hero because he provides that kind of offense that Tyler Hero can provide, but he has that length that you need to shoot over guys to get to the rim. Um, so, look, Duncan Robinson is a big X factor in the series because they need that three-point shooting. We saw in Game 6 and 7 against uh, Boston that their three-point shooting was not very good. 
right? It, it kind of cost them a few games in that series. So you need as much as you can. And Duncan Robinson has proven to be that guy in the playoffs. I don't care what you say what you want about his defense, but his scoring alone and his offensive game right now is what Miami needs. They, they need that off the bench, even in the starting lineup. All right, Grant, we, uh, you, you touched on it, and we've, we've uh, texted about it. The Vegas Golden Knights, again, they've been in this position before. They've, they've been in the Stanley Cup final. They've won game one. They've been three wins away. 2018, their first year, they win game one. They go on to lose four straight. I, I don't think that's going to be the case, obviously, this year. But that's why this game, too, is really important. Your thoughts on this series? I mean, I... I think it'll go six. I like Vegas in six, actually. They've been a really good road team. And again, I, I go back to the conference final where they had the chance to close it out. That home in game five didn't. And not only did they go on the road and win it, they won, they won six to zero. Uh, Grant, your thoughts on the Vegas Golden Knights? Yeah, the, the Vegas Golden Knights, first of all, let me get a shout out to Hill for that save oh last night or whatever, yeah. Saturday night. That was one of the best saves I've ever seen in, in a Stanley Cup final. Um, that kind of like shifted momentum, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, the, the fact that this, this is one of the main points that I think the fact that they took the Florida Panthers punches and responded in that third period when it mattered with three, four goals, whatever it was, was the biggest takeaway for me because yeah. a lot of times in, in in the playoffs the Panthers have have hit a team and they could not respond you know you saw that in the first three series and the Knights took that punch and responded like you said they're a great road team and especially coming off of losses I know they lost two in a row to Dallas but after that they won convincingly six to nothing I have it just like you have it I think I have I have Knights in six um, I just think that that core that they have I mean they have what four players remaining from that 2017-2018 team that got there, March Assault at the at the top. Um, I just love the Golden Knights the way they play, the way they take punches and respond is I think the biggest thing that is why they're in the Stanley Cup final in the first place. But I think why they'll they'll bode well in the in the later uh, part of the series. And before we uh, wrap up today, just because you guys do such a great job on the takeaways, and Grant made his debut first of a, a ton on the the uh, Tribune. Not a great weekend for the Dodgers or. The Angels. Uh, Brandon, I'll start with you, and then I'll go to Grant. You have your thoughts on the two local teams here. Yeah, um, yeah, I think the Dodgers were playing above you know, their talent. Uh, they don't have pitching, really. I mean, I hate to say especially the relief pitching. I thought it would be hard to find relief pitching worse than the Angels, but the Dodgers have them <laughs> beat by a mile. Uh, and that's, that's a problem. Bobby Miller's their best pitcher already. Which is good. That's good for the future. Walker Bueller will be back next year. Um, but, you know, this year, the lineup, it, it's the Angels and Dodgers lineups are so similar. They look dominant some days, and then the next, they can't hit anything. Uh, and we saw that with the Angels this weekend against the Astros. Angels have never been able to beat the Astros. The Dodgers are still going to win 92 to 95 games, probably just because it's the National League and some team has to make the playoffs. I mean, the NL is much weaker than the AL this year. But the Angels are a talented team that is going to miss the playoffs because of the AL East's dominance. And the Rangers are already 18 games over 500. The Astros are balling. They're not going to win the division. So uh, they never beat Houston. That's a problem. I do think they sweep the Cubs or at least take two out of three and sweep or take two out of three against the Mariners and they're five games over at the end of the week. Um, that's a little optimistic, but I just think they're that talented. They're just not executing. The Angels and Dodgers have trouble executing and playing up to their talent, although the Dodgers are kind of the opposite. They're playing well above, you know, expectations. 
Um, but I still think the Dodgers will probably win the division right now. I mean, San Diego's too far back. They'll go on a run at some point. Arizona's a fraud. They'll they'll choke at some point. You know, <laughs> Arizona's good. No, wait, okay. Who's their pitching besides Zach Allen? Tell me, Grant. Well, <laughs> they, look, who, who they who they got? I know their lineup's nice. Carroll's like twenty two years old. It doesn't He's matter. He's great. Either. But Julio <laughs> Rodriguez was very young, and he led the Mariners to the playoffs last year. It can happen. It's pot. Well, it's a wild card, maybe. I don't think they'll win the division. Okay, fair. That's fair. <laughs> but look, all right. This is what I got to say. The Angels, you hit it on the head. Like they have the talent. I mentioned this in my in, in the article that I wrote. Is that they're they're basically like the Clippers. Like they have a lot of injuries. They have a lot of talent, and they just don't ever put it together. I hate to say this, but I don't think the Angels will win enough games to hang in the AL. The AL. I just think that the AL East has four teams that could possibly win 90-plus. And then you have, in the same division that the Angels are in the AL West, you have the Mariners, Astros, and the Rangers, all with the Angels that are playing well right now. Um, so I just don't see a pathway for them. I mean, the AL Central is not good, but that's the only you know division in those uh, out of those three that isn't. I just think that like all wild card teams are going to have to win at least ninety or ninety five, and I just at this point I don't see the Angels doing that. Maybe if they're buyers at the deadline, I don't know if they will be buyers at the deadline. I hope they are because I think that they have the talent, and if they get a few more arms, which we've said for years about the, how the Angels need arms, that they could make a run. They could. I, I say this every year that they could. I don't know how how much longer I'm going to say that, um, but they could. And in, in terms of the Dodgers. The Dodgers have, have wildly exceeded my expectations. I mean, they have guys like Freddie Freeman, who's even better than he was last year. I know he had a rough series against the Yankees this weekend, but he's better than he was last year. He's a true MVP candidate. Um, and then you have guys like J.D. Martinez, who a lot of Dodger fans thought that Justin Turner, especially myself, Justin Turner was better. J.D. Martinez is way better than I thought. He is hitting the ball for power. He's hitting 280-plus. Um, and, look, the Dodgers, they're pitching. Like you said, Bobby Miller's their best arm, and he looks like Walker Buehler. People are saying, oh, Walker Buehler's out. He's out. We're not going to do well. Bobby Miller is the ace now, and that's fine. I love it. I think the Dodgers will be fine. The Angels have a lot to work on, but I know that Jihei has to say something before we get out of here. No, it'll be really, really quick, you guys. I just wanted to shout out Rose Zhang. Less than two weeks after turning pro, she became the first player to win in her pro debut on the LPGA Tour since 1951. Um, California's own from Arcadia, guys. A whopping 20 years old, too, by the way, from Irvine, California. That's where wow. she lives, anyway. Shout out to her. So wow. just, just wanted to shout her out at the very end of this. Uh, she deserves some major, major props for, uh, for winning her first L LPGA Tour. So... That's it. That's all I wanted to say. That is incredible to do that at 20 years old. It uh, definitely makes me feel like, what the heck have I done with my life? No. <laughs> uh, GA, thank you for that. Grant, as always, thank you for your time. Brandon, thank you as well. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.